Welcome to Grind, Grind, Sell, Sell, Elevate, Elevate, with your host, Tizer Evans, a podcast dedicated to bringing you the top minds in all areas of business, entrepreneurship, sales, and leadership. Let's elevate together. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me on Grind, Sell, and Elevate. This is your host, Tizer Evans. I'm here with Adir Ben Yehuda. Yeah, you actually like, got it right. That's awesome. I got it right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Perfect. All right, Adir. That we're practicing beforehand, everybody. I want to make sure I got his name right. Well, Adir is one of the founding members and the VP of sales for a company called Walnut, which you can, for those of you on YouTube, you can see up in uh, the corner there. But Adir, if you could introduce yourself a little bit about your background, a little bit about what you're doing now. Yeah. Uh, well, it's great to be here, first of all, Ty. Um, I've been in sales I, the better part of my life or mainly my entire career, right? And I think I've been in SaaS and tech sales for the last 15 years, something like this. And, uh, and I've had the pleasure of coming into companies very early on, product companies, SaaS companies, and kind of build and manifest how the organization is going to be when it's grow, grow, growing up and effectively build a team and the business around me. I've been in Walnut as a founding member, started the idea together with Yoav and Danny, the co-founders, started talking about those kind of things more. Uh, started talking about those things more and more. And essentially, uh, one of the things that we've been doing, I've been doing in the company for the last two years is helping our sales organization develop and uh, getting from zero in revenue to millions of dollars in ARR in just two years. Yeah, I know. You've had an incredible uh, trajectory so far in your, in your first couple of years. I did want you just to kind of talk for people who are not familiar with Walnut. Um, just talk a little bit about the platform. I know it's a no-code platform. And I know it's really helping sales teams, you know, kind of improve the way that they tailor their presentations. Um, you know, it seems like it's very interactive. As well, I checked out the website. It was really cool. Watch the videos and whatnot. They're, they're actually really funny, the videos. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I, I want to take credit, but it's our marketing. We have great marketing, but, uh, you know, I'll take credit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so... Essentially, yes, we're no code, but what we want to help sales organizations overall, it, the first part, and that's how we started, right, is we want to make sure that you as a seller, when you go on a call with a prospect, the platform would actually work. The demo platform, the platform that you're demonstrating from your product would actually work. It wouldn't break. That would be nice, right? That's like, a, oh, cool. It's actually working for me. The second part is actually how can we tailor this to the prospect, right? If you think about and that's how we started. If you think about millennials, if you think about gener the generations that and, and the rest of uh, and the, all of those younger generations, they want to be things to be tailored for them. And kind mm -hmm. of what Walnut helps organizations, once you have everything capsulated, stable, now you can easily customize and personalize from logo to use case to images and give your prospect an experience that talks about him and not something that he needs to imagine. That's how we started. And in the last year and a half, we've accumulated over 200 clients and we're growing. And what the platform has actually became into and what Walnut became into is actually helping those organizations change the way they're approaching their B2B sales, right? Their approach on the B2B sales. Instead of having this regular formation of an SDR going on a call, and asking 30 minutes a question and going throughout the process, what Walnut essentially enables the organization is to provide a succinct product demonstration, guardrail in some cases, to each one of the people on, on the sales cycle, right? All the roles, SDR, AEs, and so on and so forth. 
And that's essentially what Walnut is all about, enabling and changing the way people are approaching the B2B SaaS sales. Yeah, that's really cool. Because it is true, that's typically an SDR, right? Because uh, like e- even right now, I, I have one uh, currently. And they call and I know they kind of field questions and make sure it's the right prospect. And, and, you know, and then they send it over to me. And then I typically ask more questions to make sure my SDR, you know, di- didn't fuck up. Yeah. Uh, right? So it's just like this whole evolution where I try to get away from interrogating people as much as possible and just having an organic conversation and really trying to uncover their needs but it doesn't always feel that way at the beginning of a sales process. So maybe kind of talk a little bit around the, the typical channel. I know you just kind of did, but maybe a little bit further how you've seen organizations adapt this to have that go a little bit smoother. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think maybe I'll start from an example that in my, my perspective, it's a new example that I've started using, but I think it's a, it's, it kind of sums everything up. Netflix did a huge change recently and they added under 90 minutes movies. And the reason they did this, did this is because they realized people don't have the attention span. They don't have a capacity to watch movies that are over 90 minutes. So that's like an example. And, and the way I would look at this from, from the Walnut perspective and what Walnut is doing in our sales organization and enabling sales organization is essentially shorten and focus the sales cycle. Mm. So let, let, let's, let's talk about it for a second, right? You go on a website. That's the first part that we can do. And then you look for some materials. You probably have a video, but then you have all those white papers. Who reads white papers anymore? <laughs> the answer is no one, right? Yeah. So that's, that, that's the first part. What prospect wants is they, want, they have one pain point and they want to go on a website and find the resolution for their pain point or understand if you can provide the resolution for their pain point. Now, once this deals, deal comes in, I go on a call with an SDR. Usually the call up to date is, 30 minutes, I get nothing. It's a prospect, I get no value out of this call, right? You think about it. I've been interrogated. They're asking me questions. When I ask by mistake, if I want to see the product, the SDR goes, no, we have a process here, right? Why would I do this? And what Walnut can enable is essentially enable the SDR to show some parts of the product in a succinct Mm -hmm. way, guardrail, right? Because SDRs are new to the organization. They know the product less, but you can enable them that. And effectively what it does, Ty, it unveils the ability for the prospect to understand if you can resolve the pain and kind of like put the conversation in the right bucket and on the right track. And when it goes to an account executive, the conversation is different. Hell, when it goes to a solution engineer, the conversation is already different because the solution engineer doesn't need to do a full-blown demo and show, oh, here's a drop-down list or here's a checkbox, but actually can talk about activation. So going back to my Netflix uh, example, what essentially we're doing, A, we're targeting on a pain point of a prospect and we're shortening the life cycle by giving value to the prospect itself. And hey, it could help you as a sales organization, right? So that's not bad. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, what I, what I really took away from that is that you're able to get that hook much faster and get them jetted into the sales process much quicker than you would as opposed to them getting turned off by an SDR. Because you said a lot of times they are new, they're younger, a year or two out of college, and they don't know what they don't know. And so they kind of fumble around questions or they talk too much, right? And then it can, it can turn off from getting actually to the account executive. So I, I really like that approach. Yeah. And, and I think it's also, if you think about sales tools overall, and that's what we're trying, or sales platforms, they're thinking a lot about how they, they can help the account executive, which is great, right? You think about tools like Gong, for example, it's an amazing tool, they did an amazing job. They're focusing on account executives. 
What Walnut is trying to do is we're trying to help optimize the sales process. Are you sitting down from the prospect eyes? Yeah. That's what we're trying to do, right? Yeah. And it's like, when we start looking at this, at this problem, we're like, how, how come no one is thinking about the prospect? Yeah. How come no one is thinking about what the prospect needs? And, and, and also the younger generations, they're becoming decision makers, right? I, I saw a survey the other day that shows that 50% of the buyers today, the budget holders are millennials and above. 50% of them. And that's how they want to buy things quick to the point. And that's what Walnut is trying to enable sales organizations. No, I love that. And that's, you know, it was, it was interesting. Actually, the, the podcast I released today was with a, a young man um, who had worked for Nike for 11 years. And he, you know, he mostly focuses on small to medium sized businesses. But one of the things we were talking about is that most businesses are so focused on them my product, my good, my services, what we do great, why we're so good in the marketplace. And the prospects just don't give a shit. Like they really yeah. don't. They're like, okay, like, that's great. You guys, you're good for you. Like what's in it for me, right? That's where we have, we have to operate from. Like what's in it for me? You know, that's why you called me. Yeah. I'm talking about yourself. So I, I really love that approach. Um, yeah. And, and, and sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, please. No, I, 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 think, I think also that's the approach that is going to be, more controlling in the market. It, it, it's kind of, if you ask me, a lot of people are asking us if like COVID helped Walnut as a platform, right? I think COVID accelerated where the market is right now. And the thing that surprised me a lot and makes me also happy for myself as a, as a buyer in, our, in my organization, but for all of you buyers out there, a lot of enterprise companies are changing and tapping into the solution really quickly because they understand it's a major problem for them and COVID help accelerate this kind of thing. So that's why we have a lot of exposure also with enterprise companies. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense as well. And that was one of the, I think the, the bigger blessings uh, of COVID for as much chaos and unfortunate, unfortunate stuff that happened around it was uh, it definitely accelerated a lot of businesses that needed to, they needed to be out there and push to the yeah. forefront, you know, cause there's so much, just so much archaicness, within our cultures, you know, especially here in America. And I think it helped kind of even just work from home, right? Like I've always traditionally, I've been in sales 17 years and 15 of those I spent in an office with a team. And then the last two years, you can see I'm here in my home office and uh, yeah. I get to hang out with my kids. I get to have, my wife's an entrepreneur, so I get to have lunch with her. And so from that standpoint, it's, it's been really cool, you know, for people yeah. just to, hey, it hasn't affected my results, you know? So <laughs> yeah. um, that's awesome. It, it, and speaking of that, you know, I want to talk, you know, you know, how do you get to your first hundred clients? You know, what was your kind of your go-to-market strategy from a sales perspective to get people bought in early on the concept? Yeah, I, I, I think there are a few things that I would like to say around this. To get to your first hundred clients, you don't need to think in patterns. I talked with a lot of VP sales. I talked with a lot of entrepreneurs and CROs. And even before they reach the first hundred clients, they're trying to put things in a bucket, in a machine. And the reality is it can't be, right? So what we're try we try to do is basically, you know, blitz scaling, going with the machete in, in, in the woods and try to find any client or any prospect that will really be willing to talk with us and kind of understand what's their point. Yes, we've analyzed the, the processes, but we went all over the place. And yeah. after we had our initial 100 clients, 
we put in a process. It helped us not to have a process up to then because we were agile and we we have the ability to kind of make up shit as we go, right? Yeah. Now, now the second part I would say about the first hundred clients and when you look at things, often people like to talk about the chicken and the egg, right? It's like, oh, well, you know, for to get the first hundred clients, you need to get this. By the way, for all of you listeners out there, if you have kids, it's an amazing three hours. Ask your kids, what came first, chicken and the egg? You'll have a blast with three hours of a conversation. <laughs> it drove my son nuts. It was so much fun. <laughs> but, but the reality is, is when you look at a chicken and the egg problem, the only way to resolve it is look at the gray area, right? Like there is no real answer for this. Or if there is, it's very complex. So you need to look at the gray area. And the gray area was, how can you, I find all those hacks in, this, in my sales process. One of the things we've done incredibly well at the beginning is to understand what's, what's the fear. People, early adopters, early in the buying chasm, what they wanted to do is like, this is cool. I want to buy this. I, I think I can use this, but I'm scared. Is it actually going to work? Heck, is Walnut going to be a company in my one-year contract? I don't even know. And what we, we decided to do is we signed a yearly contract from the beginning, I would advise everyone not to go with a monthly contract because it's really hard to shift. We went with the yearly contract, but we put a very, very easy exit clause after three months, right? If after three months, after a queue, you can't see any value, you can opt out. It's okay. And we worked very hard after we hooked them to keep them as clients and make sure they see value, but it helped them reduce a lot of the anxiety and it helped them reduce a lot of like the worrisome that they have is this thing is actually real, right? That's the first part. The second part, when we looked at those kind of things, we removed a lot of hurdles, at least in our first 50 clients, around uh, budgeting and pricing. We often heard things like, oh, this is cool, but should it sit under sales or marketing or product marketing? Or, oh, this is cool, but I don't know how much I'm going to use. So we decided for the first 50 ones, for the first year to go with unlimited. Just pay us money, just be our logos, will be unlimited. And again, I'm taking you back to the first thing I've mentioned. Don't think sure. about processes. Don't think about how the company is going to, how am I going to do my next round if my unit economics is not good? Reality is, if you don't have 50 clients, no one gives a fuck about your unit economics, right? <laughs> no one. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what we're trying. We, we try to build logos. We try to bring this, reel, reel them in as much as we can. And those are the things that helped us a lot. Remove those worries, worry points. First of all, identify it. Understand where are your problems, right? And it's a new field. It's a new market. That's what was Walnut all about. We didn't have competitors or we had some competitors that just started. So we tried to say three months opt out in yearly cards. Then we said, don't think about budget. It's unlimited. Just come in, right? We get those logos in for the first year and we started accumulating. And when you get your first 50, 60, you can start saying, well, this one is also a client. This one is also a client. Let's get you on a reference call. And it became easier. We kept track on this and we increased pricing slowly, but surely. And we also opened up and started price per usage and per users mm. and kind of developed the organization. Well, I think that's great too, because the first thing that came to mind is like, yeah, well, you wouldn't even know maybe how often someone's going to use it, Right. And so you're like, how do I even price for it if I'm not even really sure if they're going to use it, you know, once a week or, you know, hundred times a week. And so that probably gave you some parameters on maybe even different size companies or different ways to strategize around pricing, like you said, use case. So I think that is a, is a great way. And that's typically what I feel like a lot of companies do is that they, 
they want to have all their I's dotted and T's crossed before they launch. And they want it all really tight and buttoned up. And then it makes them yeah. not flexible. And then they usually wash out. It, it, exactly. And I think that the, the fact is, and I talk with a lot of young entrepreneurs and a, a lot of young VP sales that are starting their companies. That's the, the Honestly, the worst thing that you can do, start thinking about your unit economics, start thinking about your process, start thinking about, hey, am I efficient? What's my magic number? I'm like, this is great, but that's not where you guys are at before your first hundred clients. It doesn't really matter. And it doesn't really matter also to your investors, I would say that, right? What matters for your investors is that you get those hundred clients, show some validation in the market. So show that you can actually charge for the product, but also scale the scale the price point as you scale your your client base, and that's what we did very early on. That's awesome. Now, when it came to starting to build your sales team, you know, did you start really? I'm sure that you were probably involved with the sales aspect uh, before a team as well, and usually founders uh, do that. Um, but what was that like? You know, as you started to onboard salespeople. How did you really start to cultivate a culture and, and bring in and have them trained to bring in those first couple clients? Yeah. So f- first thing is first, right? We got a lot of inbound. Walnut as a product that has a lot of need. We got a lot of inbound at the beginning. I went on every inbound call from day one. I think I spent like 10 to 12 inbound meetings, qualification meetings every day. That's the first wow. thing that I've done, right? Because we got everything there. And, and essentially what I started realizing and talking with people is I started to see who's the audience that I'm actually selling into, not just from a perspective of like, what's your ICP? Who's the audience? Who are the people? What do they like to talk about? What's their energy? And we're selling to, I think we're blessed selling to salespeople, which is the most fun thing, right? So you have high energy, you understand those people. And then I started like kind of understanding and profiling what do I need to do? Who are the people that I want in my sales organization that they could actually sell into this? Another thing that we looked at is we looked at our brand. You, you mentioned our video, go and watch our videos. We have two videos. We're very not, we have more than two videos, but we're very not like your generic brand, right? We're, we're kind of rough around the edges. We're doing a lot of fun. And those are the, the same experience. I want you to have a continuous experience for my prospect when they go on a call with someone from Walnut. So those are the individuals we brought into the organization, individuals that, first of all, from, from a perspective of like 60, first 60 seconds of engagement, you can see they're happy, they're energized, and they, they're willing to talk with you. That's the first thing. The second thing that I started talking about is, is I'm look, I look for people that could be a little bit more rude. Rude meaning we're changing this. If you come to me and tell me, hey, I have a, this is my sales process and I want Walnut there, what our sellers, our account executive would tell you is like, your sales process is wrong. That's how you should do it. That's how we can better optimize this. Give us a shot, right? And kind of challenging this. You can't create this revolution in B2B SaaS sales and kind of change patterns if you can't push people out of their comfort zone. And those are the yeah. individuals that we're looking in here at Walnut and we brought in. Now, I really love that. And that's one of the things that, um, you know, especially in my industry with insurance is that, you know, oftentimes I ask a lot of the insurance brokers, you know, like just a basic question, what separates you from your competition? And I always get two answers. I always get, oh, well, we have great customer service. It's kind of like, okay, no shit. And then, oh, you know, well, and then we pride ourselves on using some type of technology. And I'll just tell them point blank. I'm like, well, you know, to be honest with you, I work with thousands of brokers and everybody says that. 
So like really yeah. what's your value proposition? And I give them yeah. a little bit of pushback, right? And then they have a hard time. And then I lead in with, hey, you know, 60% of the business we brought in last year is new business for our brokers because we're using this as a tool. So it just leads to a different conversation, but you got to have confidence to be able to push back. But I think it's a really valuable tool to have people think critically throughout the sales process as opposed to just being a yes man or woman. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's also, if you, if you think about your overall organization, it sets them up for success. It set up the CS after for success, right? Because effectively the, the narrative of the client, when he starts being a client and the, on, the narrative of the onboarding is like, okay, I'm ready. I'm here. You guys sold me in not just this great solution that can do cool things and one that has a real wow factor the first time you use it, which is great for sales. But then they're coming in and like, I'm listening. What, what part, what use case do you want me to change first? Let's do this, right? And I was just talking about this with one of my colleagues today. We have, we have, uh, we have a couple of competitors and stuff in the market, right? And the reason I feel we're unique is we, we kind of like the way we position these two people and also firmly believe this is a club, right? You can go and if you want to tap into being this really cool club, innovating club in the B2B sales, you'll go walnut, right? If you want to go to just a random dive bar, you can go to other competitors, right? Uh, which is also great. Dive bars are great, but you're not part of the club. And that's essentially the feeling we're giving people and we firmly believe in it. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great point as well. I think that a lot, of, a lot of organizations miss that, that you can create a great community, you know, with, with your clients and the more inclusive they feel in a part of your community, then that's where you don't have to spend so much money going out and acquiring new customers because they're all dropping off on the back end, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that, you know, you kind of mentioned the type of salesperson. I got a little bit of an idea of the type of personalities, but, you know, what are some of the, you know, the skill sets that you're looking to identify in a great salesperson? I know sometimes it can be hard. I've definitely missed on some of my interviews, but, you know, what, what are you typically looking for? Yeah, great question. I think it's really, really hard, but, but there is a new kind of, I don't want to say creature, but there's a new kind of creature among account executives, especially as, as SaaS, the SaaS industry is developing. This new creature is an AE who could secretly be a SE or at least a solution consulting, right? Can speak about the product really, not just from a value perspective and from a selling perspective, but actually can speak about the product from, hey, I can show you how things are being done and I don't really need solution engineers unless it's something really, really big. Those are the people we're looking at. It's not technical. Don't, don't, don't hear me out and saying, oh, he's talking about technical people. No, I'm talking about the account executives that actually gives a shit, right? I'm not talking about the executives that are like, yeah. oh, that's great. I'm going to set up the next call with SC and then setting up more calls with SCs. I'm talking about the account executives that actually gives a shit and knows the product very well, very in-depth, and can actually hold the conversation. Those are the individuals I, I've been looking for. And you can see them more and more because the smart account executive or the smarter account executives understand that in order to not just hit quota, but accelerate quota, they need to really own the knowledge of the product. They need to really own the knowledge of the problem and kind of motivate it. So that's the first part, right? Like people that actually give a shit uh, and, and that's one of the skills. The other, the other part we're looking for in, in terms of, of those kind of people and is those are people that can actually, when we look at, at Walnut, we're very high-paced environment and very high, we have, our sales cycle is really, really quick. 
high volumes, really quick sales cycle. So we're looking to, uh, I was looking for people that can identify, can this be done now or this is going to drag on? And if this is going to drag on, how can I cut to the chase, right? Yeah. So we're, we're blessed in a way that we have a lot of basically inbound, we have a lot of deal velocity, but we also need to make sure that we can keep people focused and our account executive they have a good hunch of like, this is going forward really quickly, or we should put it like on hold and see when it comes back in. Right. So that's another thing that we're looking at. That's really cool. You know, I made a, um, a post, I don't know, on social media yesterday, the day before talking about, and I respect you and I've had some of my own, you know, entrepreneurs and people who start companies. But I think that in today's world, it, the entrepreneurship is over glorified. You know, everybody's yeah. just push like escape to nine to five, escape to nine to five, become an entrepreneur. And Gary Vee always talks about that. Hey, the number uh, eight person at Facebook makes more than like 99% of entrepreneurs. Right. And so I love this approach of like an entrepreneur and, and those people are so good to identify to have in your organization. They care just as much as the founders that you're talking about. They will go the extra mile to own it, to own the company, to live and breathe the company, but yet they're still technically nine to five. And, and I just, yeah. I, I just, you know, I want to put that out there because I think that it's, there's so many people coming out of college that are, they're trying to get too crazy and too unique. And it's just like, nothing wrong with having a job. And you can, you can own your job. That's noble to own your nine to five and you should yeah. own it in fact. Right. And so anyway, I just, I just want to throw that on there because I love that approach. Yeah, and, and, and I think, let, let's talk for a second about how you can deal with this, right? When you, when you are at 200 employees, all, it's, it's kind of harder to keep this approach mm-hmm. all the time, or you might have the state of mind, but it's kind of harder to find more talent around those kind of things. One of the things we're starting to look at as we're growing our sales team, and it's growing pretty quickly, is how can we look at the values that we care, the DNA that we care about, and put it in our incentive and commission program, right? So it's oftentimes we look at this as like, hey, this should be linear. Someone closes a deal, it's there, we put in all those spiffs, and it's two-year contract. If we give him another 5%, right? What we're trying to do and we're doing, I think, effectively, is we're giving this, hey, you get those incentives, you get those commissions, but you can make more if we see you're more open-minded and you actually give a shit and you do some other things within the organization. That's how we incentivize people to make sure that they're part of the DNA. Even if, if we'll grow and we are going to 60, 70 account executives, it's going to be a challenge. And that's how I think we can motivate them to go that direction. No, yeah, I love that. I think, I think it's a great, um, a great strategy that again, people don't utilize their comp plans in a way that's meaningful too. You know, it can be just very cookie cutter. And then, you know, so that's why you get people that are jumping shit for an extra 10 grand when you've dumped 12 months of resources and time, energy and effort into them. It's just like, <laughs> that could have been saved if you would have thought forward, yeah. uh, you know, a little bit, um, yeah. you know, for, for like, you're talking about, you know, maybe younger county executives or SDRs, you know, what's some advice you would give to young salespeople that are just cutting their teeth? Yeah, I, I think, don't think about the sale. That's what I would give them. I, I think a lot of account executives are coming to, or young young salespeople that are coming to this industry, they're thinking about, oh, I'm going to make shit loads of money. And that's what I need here. And I'm going to go on, with, on a call with this person that's easy. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to tell them, hey, you should buy this, you should buy that. And, 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 and I'm done, right? And then they go on it spin and start understanding they actually need to own 
what they sell and they actually need to be more advisory on the approach they sell, right? They might hit their numbers with other approach, but they're not going to exceed. They're not going to hit uh, overwhelmingly their, their numbers. And that's the best approach I could give them. So first of all, go and decide to be an account executive on a subject matter that you actually care about. In my career, I was a, a, a leading an account executive team. It's a VP sales in a cybersecurity company, amazing company, but I didn't really care about the subject matter, which was hard for me to get connected and be passionate about it, right? Find a, a subject matter that you actually care about and excel as uh, being as a salesperson there. That's the first part. And once you do this, don't sit and lay back and say, well, I'm getting stuff from product marketing. I'm getting stuff from marketing. That's all good. Go read about it. Understand. Be part of the communities. If you can actually own those kind of things, you don't have to post things on LinkedIn every day. It's, it's okay. Not everyone needs to do those kind of things, but learn, yeah. read about, be on top of your things. You'll see you'll get more done. And, and the buyers that are in front of you, the prospect will appreciate it. They'll see also you're not wasting the, their time. You, you're not just there for their, the sale. You're there also to make sure that they're successful and happy. No, I love that. I love that. Um, just great advice. Uh, one, of the, one of the, I was listening to a, another podcast here on, and you were kind of, they asked a great question of what's been uh, one of the biggest transitions over the last five years you've seen for salespeople. So I was hoping you could kind of uncover that. You were kind of talking about two different points where you've seen how salespeople have kind of pivoted and, and they've kind of uh, evolved over the last five years. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I think that's, that's one of the main things that I'm seeing, right. And especially when it comes to sales, sales head quick pace, you don't want to hold back. You don't want to say, well, one second, I'll bring in my solution engineer for basic, basic things. Right. That's one thing that I can definitely identify. And those are the people that I would like to have as part of Walnut. And I would advise also to, about your first grade or your question before to those young salespeople to go and start adopt this approach, right? Yeah. That's the first part. That's one of the main changes that, that I can definitely see. The other thing, and that's like kind of, uh, I don't know if I like this uh, change. I, I'm, I'm looking at this and you and I, we've been in sales like a decade and a half, as you mentioned, right? So we know how it is to build a relationship and to sit with someone in a bar and actually have a drink and actually connect, right? Yeah. And I, and I definitely can see a change with the younger salespeople. They're like quick, the relationship that they're building is very shallow and, and it's okay, but, but it's not there, right? It's like I go on a call with someone that like, and I start and I talk and I want to build a relationship and I ask questions. I don't cut just to the chase. And that's a change that I see often, like, Go and take a prospect here and there to a bar and have a drink with them. It's going to be fun. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I like that approach. I mean, especially with what I've done historically, you know, it, it is about building a, a long-term relationship and cementing that relationship because, you know, I think oftentimes you said it's, it's always this turn and burn mentality. Yeah. And, and with that, it can affect retention uh, quite a bit, right? Because like you're talking about you, the more that, you invest in them, then they start to feel a part of the community. The more they're part of the community, the more they'll buy from you, the longer the contracts. And it can even still be a quick sales cycle. Um, but it's just like something, you know, really, uh, really simple, like sending a handwritten thank you note, doing a 30-day, a six-month checkup call. Hey, how's the product? Has it been delivering? You know, salespeople just doing those little things go so far with customers. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I want to tell you a story about this, like also building this kind of relationship face-to-face -face and, and how you can make the sales cycle even quicker. So I have a great account executive on the team. He's based in Boston. 
most of the company, most of his sales team is based in New York. He had a deal last quarter. He's like, I don't think it's going to go in this quarter. I'm sorry. Like they're kind of dragging their feet. And then he told me the guy is going to be in New York. The prospect is going to be in New York. I'm like, tell him you're going to be in New York. He's like, what? Really? They don't even think about it, right? Like, yeah. especially after the COVID, I don't know, are we after the COVID era? We are kind of after the COVID yeah, era, I think, right? We think we got over it. Yeah. <laughs> so after the COVID era, you don't really think about it. And he came to New York overnight. He was like, so strange, really booked a flight, came to New York, had breakfast, and he brought this deal in within the same quarter, right? Because the prospects seen his eyes. They talked with each other. Yeah. They had a really good relationship over breakfast. It's not even a beer, right? You eat an omelet. I don't know. It's New York, so avocado <laughs> toast, right? Uh, <laughs> and you get it. You actually get it done. So oftentimes, like think outside of the box. And by the box, I, I mean like your max screen, right? Think outside of this box. And sometimes yeah. you'll get those things done. Yeah, no, I really love that. Um, that's that's the one thing where my industry is a, a bit different. That I still have guys that I'll call. And they'll be like, I won't do business unless you come shake my hand. And, yeah. you know, which I, which I appreciate, you know, um, and I enjoy that. I enjoy going to dinner with people. I'm going to happy hours. Because at the end of the day, we're all humans just wanting to make, you know, connection. And if you yeah. come at it from that, you come at it from connection and service. I just, I just don't think that you lose. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, one of the last questions I always ask people uh, I'm an avid reader. Uh, you can kind of see, you can't really see my books, but they're behind me. I've got a bunch here. Um, any books that you recommend for salespeople? Uh, it's, it's, I don't know if it's a book for salespeople, but it's a book that I've, I've started reading recently and kind of got an interest. It's actually, it actually helps me as, as a salesperson. And it actually helps me as an account executive, right? In, in, my, in my heart and in my soul. So it's, a, 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 it's the virtue of selfishness that I've started reading recently. Um, and it's, it's, it essentially talks about the fact that selfishness is not necessarily just a bad thing, right? I'm probably going to be the less popular person on your podcast, but it's, it kind of, <laughs> kind of makes me feel comfortable about having the understanding that business is just a business negotiation. As rough as it is, it's just a negotiation. I love it. So Ayan Rand, The Virtue of Selfishness, it's, it's a great one. Yeah. Legend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I was just thinking, I was just thinking about Atlas Shrugged yesterday. That's a whole nother <laughs> weird tangent I could go on. But um, <laughs> No, um, Adir, I really appreciated chatting with you. If people want to connect with you or the company, where would be the best places to find you? Just go on walnut.io. You can check out our cool video, our cool website, and you'll see all the leadership team there. You can connect us on LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I've, re I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. I appreciate it.